I just need y'all to get loose, get, get ready, get relaxed a little bit. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor say, neighbor, this is going to be really good for you. And then tell him, I'm so excited I'm sitting next to you. And turn to your other neighbor say, neighbor, uh, you know, do whatever you got to do. Now give him a big old hug, give him some daps, maybe a kiss if it's appropriate, and you guys can find your seats. <laughs> I love in this church. I love it. I love it. Hey, if you don't know who I am, my name is Devin. I'm a part of the dream team here. I serve on the pastoral staff at this church. I mean, anybody just love their church? Anybody love just coming to church? Come on, we, we, we are church people. And uh, man, it's such a privilege and an honor to have you here at service today. I promise you, you're going to get encouraged and you're going to leave uh, better than when you came in. And so before we get into the sermon today, what I, I want to highlight is uh, coming up in just a couple weeks, we have our encounter service. Now everybody say encounter. And ultimately what we want to do is that we have a core value at this church. Uh, we believe in the power of God. Can I get an amen in this place? We believe in the power of God. And so uh, what we want to do is really teach on the power of God. And at this service, there's going to be miracles that take place. People that are sick are going to get healed. People that are, have been in bondage for some time are going to get free. Can I get some feedback in this church? And so I just want to let you know that this is going to be a day that you want to mark your calendars because you are going to have exactly what it says, an encounter. Can I get an amen? And so uh, I just believe, uh, I believe in the power of God. We believe in the power of God of our church. And so PD is going to be preaching. We're going to have an incredible worship set. It's going to be on a Friday night, September 21st. Highly, highly recommend it. I hope you guys are anticipating just an incredible move of God. We are so, so excited for it. Now, uh, I do want to highlight something that uh, today we have a special guest preacher in the house. He's really family around here. I'm so excited to introduce you to one of my best friends in the world. My wife and I are best friends with this incredible couple, the Lima family. And uh, let me tell you a couple things about Pastor Shane Lima for a moment. One, one of my best friends, he is a young adult pastor of both two campuses, the city of Rhode Island and the city of Boston. He serves as the associate pastor at Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket. Now, I don't know if you guys recognize the theme that goes on around at Connect, but we don't let people come here that don't know how to preach. <laughs> we got a preacher in the house today, and I hope you guys are ready. So are you guys ready to take some notes? Come on, you guys ready to take some notes? Y'all ready to respond and say Amen. I always say this all the time, the third service, y'all the Pentecostal service. Come on. We're the Pentecostal service. We're the, we're the charismatic people in this place because we love God and we don't care who knows about it. Come on. And so for a second, could you guys humor me and stand to your feet again and let's honor the man of God coming to the stage, Pastor Shane Lima. thirty, make some noise at Connect Church. Are you excited to be here? Let's get it. You got some extra rest this morning. So that means more energy to bring to the number three. I want you to turn to two people and say you're looking great today. Y'all can grab a seat. It is so good to see you. And online from your couch, you're looking great also. Um, but I, I, I really am so excited. It's been a great day. Just at the, I, I love Connect Church. Do you love Connect Man, what an amazing church. What a life-giving church. There's some church that I've walked into, it's like there's death in the room. Like, why are we miserable? Like, I thought this was a joy thing. Like, if, that, if that's what it means to follow Jesus, I don't want to be a part of it. But then you walk into churches like Connect, and you just come to life by walking in the door. I'm like, the greeters are smiling, and they don't look miserable, and they don't look like a hot mess either. They're looking great and wonderful and put together. And the, the worship team at Connect Church, y'all are blessed. Come on, a little bit more for them. That's the, 
the girl on the keys over here, the anointing just flows. Have you? Just flows. Opens up her mouth. It's like, yep, Holy Spirit just rushed in the room. You already know Pisania with the hat, man. The hat, the anointing's in the hat. And, uh, and, and it's just, it's been an amazing day. And I just want to, before we get into anything else today, uh, I want to honor uh, the man of God of the house, the, the family that, that the Lord has tapped on the shoulder to lead a movement in New England. Uh, could we honor PD and, and Stacey and the Fry family? We love you. We are great. Stand up to your feet. Let's honor this family, this power couple, pastor to pastors, leader to leaders who is making a way so much easier for a lot of us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let me tell you something. There are not many leaders like PD. It's a rare thing. And, and what he's doing is making the next generation of church a lot better. Uh, so, so that makes our job, in a way, it makes it easier because he's paved the way through some stuff that needed to be cleared out of the way so we could get some life-giving churches up in New England. I don't, I don't buy that whole frozen chosen stuff. I, I believe that we are a living and active part of, a, of God's kingdom and that New England, if it was a, the site of the Great Awakenings, man, there is something that God wants to stir right here and right now at 1230 in Ashland, Massachusetts. I believe that God is on the move. Can you say Amen. Come on, God is on the move. I also want to honor, before I go forward, my wife of three years. This month is our anniversary month. Alini, can we just honor her? Thank you so much. She, she's the better part of us. The, the, she's the better leader, the better preacher. I've, I've been saying she should be up here, but, uh, but we'll just roll with it for today. But I encourage you, you should get, she's a hugger. So don't even go for the handshake. She's going to go for the hug. And I know there's some Brazilians in this house who like to hug too. So don't come with all that handshake. She goes for the hugs. Uh, and, and, and so I'm just so excited uh, just to be here and be a part of what God is doing at this amazing church. Are you ready for a word this morning? Come on, not a word, a word. Right? Let's, let's, go, let's go deep into the things of God today. If you have your, if you have your Bibles, uh, I'm going to be reading out of Isaiah 55, uh, verses 8 through 11. I'm reading in the ESV today, and uh, you can follow along on the screens or, or on your phones uh, or in the paperback Bible. Come on, I grew up in church, and, 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 and we, back in the day, we didn't have e-Bibles. We, 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 we had paper. Let me, let me drop my phone and pick up my paper Bible. This is, where the, this is how you know it's going to be a good service. You got the paper Bible out. Come on, Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 11. If you're there, say, I'm there. Let's get it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven. Man, I'm not looking forward to snow. I don't know if anybody else is, but I'm not. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. That goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it will accomplish that which I have purposed. And my word shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The word of the Lord. Let's pray this morning. God, 
We are so grateful for Jesus. We are grateful for your word. And Father God, I pray that this sermon would be an injection of life, not just into, these, into this room, but into the families that are represented here, oh God. I pray, God, that what takes place in the spiritual, God, would be made manifest in the physical, and that we would declare with our mouth an affirmation that we are in agreement with what your spirit is about to speak to the church, God. We are ready and open and excited, and we ask for favor. I don't know if this game's starting or not, or if it's done or still going. We pray for favor over the patriots in the name of Jesus Christ and all of God's church. Said amen. Come on. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm getting to the point in my life. I'm 29. Uh, I think there's some young adults in this. Any 20-somethings in the room this service? Any over 20-something in the service today? I'm, I'm loving your energy. I, I was, what is it? <laughs> As I got over 25, I, uh, I, I, I was like, I'm dreading my 30s. I'm like, no, I can't. I can't. But now, I'm like looking forward to my 30s because I think it's going to be the best decade of my life. I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking that. It's going to be great. But then I started noticing like I'm not as in touch with stuff as I used to be. Like now there's a dance called to like floss or flossing where people disjoint their hip from their elbow and swing their arms back and forth. And it looks like otherworldly like it's just like it's like out of like just not normal and uh, and so children do it without thinking and I've tried and I look absolutely ridiculous flossing like oh I, I'm a big flosser of my teeth praise God like my dad's a my dad's a dentist and so I just I, I grew up with just, it was priority I, I I had braces and then braces on top of braces because I had headgear so it was like this contraption that I stuck into my braces and then I had elastics that were and so I, I wouldn't take the elastics out at lunchtime they would just pop and you swallow them just keep moving. Um, it's third service. We keep it raw at the 1230, 1215. But, uh, but, but uh, what, what was I saying? Oh, uh, yeah, just the image of the elastic popping is taking me back to 2003. Um, what was I saying? Flossing. Thank you. I'm still a rookie, man. Uh, so I, 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 I like that floss, but I'm, I'm not in tune. There's like new terminologies and new dancing and like there's people like driving cars with like doors open and like dances happening outside the car door that like you're supposed to record and, and, and hashtag stuff on it. And it's like very odd. My wife is like the hipper part of me. I'm like fourth generation pastor. So being like hip is like has to be intentional for me. Like I have to like try to be in the know. I'm not like a natural at it. And so and, and, and so there was this day where I was taking a, a picture with a pastor friend of mine. He came to preach at my church. And so we were taking, you know, the, the pastor picture that you're going to post and stuff. And, and his armor bearer, that's what they called him. It was this dude that came with him. I want an armor bearer. I don't know if I'm taking signups. If, if you want to be my armor bearer, I'll take it. So it was his armor bearer. That was, it was his job to just kind of like shadow. Like I would have a conversation with the dude, and the dude was just standing there. I'm like, it was just awkward at first. I'm like, this is like a, like a three-way conversation now. So the armor bearer was there. He took the photo. Young gentleman, probably like in his late teens, I felt like. And then I, 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 I told him, I'm like, could you text me that photo? Or just post, if they're going to post it, like tag me so I can save it. And he looked at me like I was the oldest man in the room. Like, what do you mean text? Like, I'm just going to airdrop it to you. And I'm like, all right, bet. Let's airdrop. Like, is it like a Pentecostal airdrop to sit and receive? Or is this like a Presbyterian airdrop? Like, the settings don't exist? Like, what kind of airdrop is it? What kind of airdrop are we doing? Like, do I just, like, do, like how am I receiving this? All right, just, just drop it. Drop it. I'm ready. Drop it like it's hot. Let's, let's get it. I'm, re I'm ready for the photo. 
So I'm, you know when you're like, you're trying to act cool, like, yeah, you know exactly what airdrop is. So you pull out your phone, you're trying to be all cute, like, yeah, boom, boom, boom wrong password, right? Was, like trying to get it. And then you're just swiping aimlessly. You're over there in your email, like looking for airdrop. I was over there checking my emails, looking for airdrop. And he's like, let me help you out. In that moment, time stopped. I have crossed the great divide. I used to be the explainer. Now I'm the receiver. Oh, my goodness, my ego. So he took my phone. I'm like, homie, just, just get it done. He's like, boom, boom, boom. Photo was on my phone in two seconds. And he's like, that's how you airdrop. I was like, I told you to text it to me. <laughs> I'm the pastor here. Like, <laughs> he tried to show me. And, 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 and there was just this moment where, where I realized there's a sermon in everything, by the way. There's a sermon in everything. Because all I, I, iPhone users in the house, can we just make some noise because we, we just have enlightenment and revelation? Life is just so much easier on, on the iPhone end. I, I, I pick up an Android and I get a headache. Like, I just can't understand it. I'm like... What are these things? Like, it just, I just can't. And, and for those of you that can manage all that, you're just smarter than we are. That's fine. It's, it's y'all like customization and stuff. We just like standard, like just click and plop and drop. Like, we just like, we like airdrop. That's what we like. We don't like to custom. We just like it. It is. So all iPhones are created equal. They all got the same settings. They all got airdrop. But the difference between me and my homie that was trying to airdrop to me, the Pentecostal Presbyterian airdrop, is that he, he knew that there was a capacity on my device that I hadn't tapped into yet. There was a capacity that I had. I had it at my disposal, but it was my laziness to know the capacity that limited my knowledge, that then limited my experience, that limited the features and the function. You see, it was there. I just hadn't unpacked the capacity. The dude knew the design, the features, the form, the functions. And by consequence, he knew how to airdrop like nobody's business. I'm like, this homie knows how to drop it. Because it wasn't something special that he had. It was the fact that he had taken time to understand the capacity of the device that had been in my hands all along. You see, I, I want to explain to you this morning that in the same manner in the spiritual all of us were born with a capacity much greater than the one that we're living in right now. And that you are capable of doing more. You are capable of living at a higher level. We were not created for a hot mess life. We were created for excellence. And so it's about time that we drop this whole surface level faith and we dive into the depths of the God's word where we find out that his plans for my life are not surface level, but they are deep. They are not shallow. They are profound. And God wants to radically transform your mindset and let you realize that we weren't created for mundane. We were created for the miraculous. I am dissatisfied with a generation that is satisfied with mediocre. I am dissatisfied with a generation that has grown satisfied with the surface level. You were created for more. God manufactured you in your mother's womb for more. We weren't created for miserable Mondays and terrible Tuesdays. No, we were created to go from victory to victory, from mountaintop to mountaintop, knowing that my God is a God that leads me in triumphant procession. Come on, 1230 service, this is my God. 
Where did this mindset come that to follow Christ is to be miserable? That's a pharisaical spirit. That's the uptightness of religion. God has called us for freedom. God has called us for joy. If, you're, if the joy of the Lord is your strength, tell your face. Third service, we keep it raw. Come on, you on your couch, get it on your face. Jesus loves you. There is something about freedom that's appealing. There is something about the joy of the Lord. There is something about living by design and not default that just takes us to the next level. I'm done living by default settings. I want to start living by design, using every feature, every function, doing airdrop and this drop and that drop and, and just realizing there is so much more to life than default settings. Some of us have a smartphone and all we do is make calls. Meanwhile, you can do online banking. You can connect with a friend on the other side of the planet all in one device. There is a capacity much greater than what you've been tapping into. We're having a flip phone mentality in an iPhone world. Things have developed. Things have changed. Get with the program. Oh, no, this is the way we always did it back in church in 1970. And let me tell you something. That God is the same God, but God is always doing a new thing. Flip phone church mindset in 2018 is not going to cut it. Oh, well, we got to no, we gotta stay with what God is doing. Because if God is a big God, then God is not bound by the limitations I put on him. I was created for design and not default. Can you say amen? So, uh, so my wife and I, we went on a, a, a missions trip, a 10-day missions trip to Honduras this summer. I mean, it was an incredibly, radically transforming trip. It was amazing. God did ama amazing things. But I thought I signed up for, like, doing vacation Bible school with Honduran kids. Like, I thought I was going to be, like, at hospitals and, like, laying hands and, and like, doing light work, something light, right? Like, I just thought it was going to be something nice and, nice and easy. The host missionary was like, yeah, we're just going to do, like, compassion work. I'm like, all right, bet, I'm, I'm with it, let's go. And then we land in Honduras, and we had our first day off, and then we, we, we got to work the second day, and, and he's like, all right, first project, we're going to build a cinder block wall. I'm like, Delta? Like, <laughs> a cinder block, what? Well, this church has been closed for a decade, they're reopening, uh, people in the neighborhood have started creating, like, pathways through the backyard of this church. They're trying to make a property line. We're going to build a cinder block wall. And I'm like, I've never done a cinder block anything. I've never mixed cement a day in my life. I've never dug a trench to make a foundation for a cinder block wall ever. I've n I'm not a handyman. Like, these hands were made for healing. Come on. Like, I was like, what is going on? You need me to lay hands on children, I will lay hands and bless them. And I brought my oil. Let me get out of my luggage. Like, let's, let's spray, the, spray the children. Spray them. Anoint them. Come on. Let's begin declaring words of prophecy over these kids. I'm all for it. Now, cinder block, delta, right? So the, the contractor for the job was this elderly man who just, he, he had a limp. I just picture like Hunchback of Notre Dame, kind of like that but older. And your boy hobbles onto the scene, kind of with like a gangster limp though, like. And that's exactly how he walks. And he, and he came with old dude. I mean, this dude invented cinder block walls. Like this dude is old. And we're going to make these foundations for the wall. 
All right? I'm like, let's get it. Foundations. I build foundations on people's lives. Let's build foundations on this wall. Let's get it. And we're going to make it out of rebar. We're going to do, like, a rebar grid. So it's like four to make the square, and then like five across and five down. So it's like a giant tic-tac-toe thing. And we're going to like wrap these thin metal wires to hold this thing in place. It needs to be nice and tight. It needs to be perfectly square. It has to be all separated out because this is going to be the foundation of our wall. Because if we don't have a proper foundation, any little rain, and it rains every day in Honduras, the first rain, this wall is going to be toppling over. So that's a sermon on another day. If you don't get the foundation right, growth is going to be premature, and then you end up falling over. That's a whole other sermon. If I get invited a second time, I'll preach that one. But, but so, so, all right, I saw my, the, the dude's name was Maestro. You already know this dude's a boss, right? Maestro, with the limp. Maestro makes his first grid. Easy work. I'm like, I don't have to know how to make a grid. I saw homie Maestro make a grid. Make grid my middle name. I got this. So I pick up some rebar, like I've been making grids for years. Grab some middle ties, like, yo, homie, watch me do my magic. I put the metal bars down, me and my boys, it's like four of us working on this thing. Meanwhile, he was doing all, all on his own. We work on this thing for like an hour. 100 degree weather heat in Honduras, mad hot. Like crazy hot, hell hot, mad hot. We're tying the rebar together with the metal ties and, uh, and, and we finished it up. It was a little lopsided, I thought, but it's like, you know what, it'll suffice. Have you ever just kind of had that attitude, it's not excellent, but it'll be okay? That's the beginning of destruction right there. When it's, uh, it's not, it doesn't look like his, but it'll be okay. That's a mediocre mindset. So Maestro walks in. I'm like, Maestro, ¿está bueno? Is it good? Your boy looks at me. No. <laughs> With a flick of the wrist, takes out his pliers. Looks like he was waiting for this moment. Heartless. Takes out his pliers. There was like 20 ties on this grid. An hour in 100 degree heat. Clip. Cut. You're stupid. You're inadequate. <laughs> you can't do this. And the boy, the man, the elderly man, maestro, cut every single one of my anointed ties on that grid. And I'm like, my man, do you realize how much work I put into that? And so the girls were working on their own grid next to us. My wife was in the group with her. You know when girls get together and they're working on something, they act like they're up to no good, but they act like, like, they act like they, they, they're like snickering, like, oh yeah, our grid's gonna be better. I'm like, all right, just wait for my maestro to roll through. The girl's like, maestro, esta bueno? No. <laughs> Pulls out the pliers, clip, clip, cut, cut. You're done. Like, it's just like with, with one, just like no thought. And in that moment, again, I have a lot of these time freezes thing. Time froze. Download revelation. I was humbled. In one moment, I thought I could roll onto the scene and do what this man, a process that this man had perfected over the course of years. I had never made a grid a day in my life. And I thought I could roll up here all loud and proud and, and just make this grid. Let me tell you something. This guy had perfected the process. 
Nobody does it like Maestro does it. Maestro knows best. I was humbled and I was reminded that when the master puts his hand on it, it will be done to perfection. Nobody can do it the way God can do it. And a lot of us will try to say, well, well, you know what, like, I, if I can just take the right pieces and do it my way, then it'll look something like God's will. Unless God's hand is on it, it's not God's will. A lot of things are done in the name of God, in the name of, in the name of Jesus, under the title of Jesus, under the mask of Jesus. But unless the hand of God is on the project, it's not the will of God. And so I learned something with Maestro. Unless Maestro's hand is on it, it's not going to be perfect. And so if Maestro had said, yeah, it looks good, it'll be okay, it's fine, it's not perfect, and he used it as the foundation, our wall would have come crumbling down. He was a better contractor and constructor because he identified the error and corrected it early so that a foundation would be solid and a wall could be built. And I want to remind you that we may make our plans, but it is God who orchestrates our steps. And I want to remind you today, the master knows best. Maestro knows. Can you tell two people that maestro knows? Maestro knows. And so I come to Isaiah 55, where Isaiah is telling us the same exact message. And, he, and, and he's receiving a word from God, a prophetic word, where God is speaking to the people of Israel. And he's saying, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The words that I have spoken out will not return to me void. Everything that I have spoken will come to pass. And point number one this morning is just this, that God's plan is detailed to perfection. My God is a detailed God. I love that my God is the God of details. That my God, there is nothing that my God does not know. There is nothing that can happen in my life that my God did not see coming. There is no oops in the kingdom of God. There is not an I didn't know that in the kingdom of God. No, God knew. God foreknows, post knows, during knows. He is outside of time because he is the creator of time. He is the great I am, the one who was and is and is to come. There is no such thing as an unknown thing in the heart or the mind of God. Come on. 1215, give God a praise that my God is the God of details. He loves details. Have you ever had that parking spot experience where you're in a cramped parking lot, you roll up on the scene, it looks like everybody's looking for a spot, and then there's like a perfect person just backing out as you arrive. I'm like, God, you are good. I don't know if I'm just over-spiritualizing it, but there's those moments where I just see the small favor of God. He cares about the details. He cares about the small stuff. And I think sometimes we get so caught up. In, my God is so big that he, you should say, how big is he? He is the creator of an ever-expanding universe. How big of a God do you have to be to be bigger still than a, a universe that has no limits? God is huge. God is on his throne. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And my God is in charge of the details. He can keep the Milky Way in orbit and he can handle the small details of my life. Get me a parking spot. Can you believe that? That my God loves me to the point that he would care about my stressed out Mondays. That my God can keep the planets in orbit and still hears the small cry of my heart. My God cares about the details. God does not ignore you like an orphan. He embraces you like a father. And he cares about the details of your life. If that's for you, can you say amen? He cares about the details. Church, 
Let me tell you something about myself. My, I told you I come from four generations of pastors. Great-grandfather was a pastor. Grandfather was a pastor. Dad's a pastor. And I was a dark little child. I thought I was going to be a mortician growing up. I, I, wanted, I wanted to own a funeral home. It was going to be called Lima and Associates. I had this whole, uh, it was odd, right? Just picture the small little kid that didn't hit puberty until 16, like squeaky voice, 4'11 until 10th grade with the head, head braces on top of braces, elastic snapping off, big ears with a smaller head. Just picture the scene, trying to be a mortician. Odd, I get it. I'm not, you don't even need to judge me. I'm judging myself right now. Very odd. But then God, come on, somebody. God got a hold of me. And, uh, and, and my grandparents said yes to the call to be missionaries and they were commissioned out in 1947. I mean, my grandfather's like from Texas, West Texas. My grandmother's from Arkansas. These are like people who had no idea what the West Coast of Africa was like, but they said yes to God. And in 1947, they were sent out across the ocean on a ship, never to see, well, ne never knowing if they would see their families again. And, and, and they said yes to this call, and they went to a small island nation off the West Coast of Africa called Cape Verde. And, and they were missionaries there for a, for a good while. And then my dad is a Cape Verdean, born into a small village on the main island. And, and because of the ministry of my grandparents, a family like the Limas was, was part, became part of the kingdom of God. And, and so he, he was a young man at that point. And, and my grandparents had a, a young daughter. And, and, and so they, they began a relationship. My dad eventually graduated uh, from school and went over to Brazil to go to college for more educational opportunities. Meanwhile, God was orchestrating something bigger because my grandparents, who had been missionaries in Cape Verde now for a bunch of years, were recommissioned over to Brazil to start a Bible college. And so this relationship that seemed like it was torn up by, a, by an ocean actually became united again in the country of Brazil. And my parents got married in Brazil, had me and my sisters. I know there's some Brazilians in this church. It's like an undercover Brazilian church, apparently, eh. <laughs> under the title of Connect. It, and, and so they had me and my sister out there, and my grandparents were going to retire, and we should have, they should have gone to Texas. Our family should have moved back to the States and gone to Texas. That's where the family is to this day. But they decided to come to New England under the leading of the Holy Spirit. Pause that story and go to another family, the Silva family, also in Brazil, the month after we moved to the States, a, a beautiful young girl named Alini was born in Brazil, the same state that I was born in, but still felt like a world away. We were already here in the States. Her family decided to immigrate. Her parents made that decision to come to the States for a better life for their kids. I wanted to be a mortician growing up, but then God radically changed that plan to be a preacher halfway through college. And so I said yes to that call, and I got invited to preach at the smallest church in the nation. I mean, that church is the size of this square that I'm speaking on right now. You walk in, there's a toilet to your right, left for the bathroom, three chairs, felt like, and the altar. Like, you walk in, you're in the pastor's face. It was that small, small Brazilian church. But I walked into that room, smallest room in America, and, and I saw the most beautiful girl in all of the world in that smallest room in America. And so I went home that night. I preached up a storm that day. I introduced myself for days. I'm like, my name is Shane Elton Lima. I am single and ready to mingle. I am, I am, I introduced myself like crazy. I'm like, I am a junior in college. I'm trying to make moves out here, right? Like, man, I introduced my, I blew myself up that night. And, and, and I looked right at her when I said, I'm Shane Lima. 
And I was wearing a purity ring, and she thought it was a wedding ring, so she thought I was married. I'm like, God, why did you do that? <laughs> I was wearing a purity ring over here trying to honor you, and now I'm missing out on, like, the woman who's supposed to be my wife. But I went home and told my parents that night. I said, I found the girl I'm going to marry. And everybody's like, you're, you're, you're crazy for saying that. Hello, my anniversary is this month, and I married that girl that I saw that night. Because when God says something, everybody else can deny it. But also, there's a lot of people out here saying, oh, God told me that you're my, and it's not God. <laughs> you need to get some lunch, take a nap, chill out, and realize it wasn't God. We say a lot of foolishness when we're hungry. Like, get yourself a, get yourself a meal. Just because they're single and Christian doesn't mean they're for you. There's a lot of Christian singles. That's why they make websites for it. Like, third service would keep it raw, right? Framingham's already let out. Like, we're, we're good. It's just us now. And the people watching on the couch. Like, we're good. It's just us. It's just us. So, what was I saying? Right. Wait, what? Introduce my, so I introduced myself. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Alini. Thank you, team. Um, it's a team, team effort. I was introducing myself, and, and, and in that moment, I realized a, decision, a yes that was given to God in 1947 facilitated a yes that I could do on my wedding day. If my grandparents had said no in 1947, I wouldn't have been in the smallest room in America at a Brazilian church with the most beautiful girl in the world. Because God is a God of details. He cares about the smallest of stuff, and he does big miracles in the smallest of rooms. And I want you to know this morning that God knows what he's doing, even when you don't know what you're doing. God knows what he's doing. Number two, because I got to run, is this. I got to go home. God's plan, God's plan is incremental. God's plan is incremental. I love knowing the full picture before it happens. I don't know if anybody else like that, but I like to know, like, I'm not a big fan of surprise birthday parties. I don't like unknown stuff. I don't like traffic that's unknown. I'd be checking the route before I head out just so I can know which way I should go. Like, I like, I like everything laid out. But with God's plan, it's not all laid out. It's incremental. Steps are revealed as steps are taken. When you say yes to this step, you can be promoted to step two. The thing is, we live in a generation that wants to get to step 100. We want to go from greeter to preacher and overnight. Let me tell you something. There, are, there is something that God wants to do. You, it's incremental. You can't preach until you greet, right? Because you can't talk to people that you're not willing to say hello to at the door. There's just something that God does. Oh, no, I'm anointed for the microphone. No, 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 no. You're anointed to serve. If that means chairs need to be stacked, and we stack those chairs as good as we can. Church chairs is my OCD thing, man. I look at every, I, I just look at chairs and I see misalignment and I just start going at it at my chair. It's like my spiritual gift. It's like my second, it's like my, it's just my thing. But that, that, you, some of y'all need to catch the spiritual gift of chairs. And just realize that God wants to use the smallest of things. Excellent church culture comes in small details. And, and, and so God's plan is incremental as steps are taken. And each one of you has a next step. You saw in the C News, next step two is today. Right? If, if you've been kind of sitting here and you're like, yeah, I'm just kind of checking it out. The day of checking it out is done. You've checked it. Now it's time to get into next steps. Now I got lunch plans. All right, next step three starts next week. Small groups is coming up. You got you to get in on that. Encounter is happening later this month. Why would you choose to do something else than be there encountering God? There's always a next step. There's a next step in your finances. For some of you, that next step is tithing. Oh, no, I can't afford to tithe. No, my friend, you can't afford not to tithe. 
Some of you have your next step in your marriage. Now I'm just kind of seeing, we're going to wait six months. See, it's been kind of rough lately. It's, it's been on the rocks. No, you got to get yourself to the rock of ages. Come on, somebody. And you got to get your marriage on it. There's a next step. Why have you been dating forever and there is no prospect of marriage? There's a next step there. Put a ring on it. And if you're not going to put a ring on it, if the boyfriend is in the house, handle it. There is a girl here. I knew that I was here for a reason. <laughs> Homie, get it done. I will take you to K right after this service. There's the next step. Apparently, Christians don't date to mess around. Christians don't date to just date. We date to marry. And if you're not wanting to marry, you have no business dating. Oh, I'm waiting for my woman of God. You got to work on yourself being a man of God before you can ever deserve a woman of God. And then the women, I'm looking for my Boaz. You better make sure that you have the heart of Ruth. Third service, let's just get it all out. Got a whole bunch of people talking like they got to be the next Esther. But, but... Yeah, let's just drop that. <laughs> Number three, because I got to go, is correction is not a cancellation. Check this. Ma uh, Maestro rolled up on the scene, and he started clipping my ties like it was his day job. And, and I was offended at the fact that he thought my work wasn't good, but I wasn't the one who was hired to be the contractor. And so a correction is not a cancellation. We need to throw off this offensive spirit that gets offended by everything in 2018. Oh, my goodness. Everything's offensive. You looked at me the wrong way. Did you see how they didn't say hi to me? Did you see how they talked to me? Did you see how they looked at me? Did you see how they walked? Did you see how she did that? Did you, did, did you see what they tweeted? Did you see what they posted? Did you see what they Instagrammed? Did you see what they? And, and we're developing this, like, constant I call it nye, nye, nye. I don't know if that's a Brazilian thing or if that's like a Cape Verdean thing, but it's a nye, nye, nye spirit, which means a whiny, offended spirit that is offended by everything. Oh, I'm leaving this church. They don't, they don't care. And, and like, let me tell you something. You've got, you got to throw off that offendable spirit, and you got to start being teachable and correctable because God honors those that honor. And so, uh, man, if you're going to be offended with everything, bro, get ready for marriage because, like, if you want to be offended, you'll be offended. Let me just be straight up. If you're going to have an offensive spirit, like constantly offended by every little thing, then, then man, it's going to be a rough road. But when you take correction as training and then training leads to righteousness, man, God disciplines those he loves. So I must be really loved. Praise God, right? Like, amen. Holy Spirit, I receive. Because if I, if I get corrected a lot, that means God loves me a lot. That's what my Bible says. Correction is good. When, whenever there's, like, no correction, there's no love. Where there is no vision, like, they cast off restraint. When there's no, like, boundaries, when there's not, like, something, like, a structure there, it's chaos. And my God is not a God of chaos. And so accept the correction. It's good for you. You're going to be a better man, a better woman because of it than if you resist correction and take it as offense. Correction is not a cancellation. Maestro did not say, all right, y'all messed up the, 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 the grids. All right, return the cinder blocks. Y'all fly back to the States tomorrow. The project's off. No, the project continued because Maestro got his hands on it and corrected what we had done wrong. And the project that we had messed up, he corrected it because he's the master. You need to put your messed up, jacked up, hot mess life in the hands of God, and he will start changing you and radically transforming you and your life will never be the same.
Number four. Number four in 40 seconds. Let's get it. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. Oh, what's God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? Let me tell you something. God, again, is above and beyond time and space. And we are simply one block in this master patchwork that God is putting together. Take your sight off yourself and see, God, how can I give you glory? It's not about you. Your comfort, your this, your that, your the other. That's, again, that, self, that, that self-centered Christianity that is so toxic. Take your sight off yourself and see that God's will is bigger than yourself. It's bigger than you. In Honduras, we went down there thinking that we were going to build this wall and, and we were going to, you know, we were going to lay these cinder blocks and it was going to be awesome, going to be great. And Maestro was there watching the whole process, leading us through the whole process. We went there to build a wall. And I'm so pleased to tell you that on our last day there in that community, God tore down a wall and Maestro surrendered his heart to Jesus Christ. This limping old man whose hands look like they've been worked to the bone all the days of his life. You can see the struggles and the stresses of life all over his face. You're never too young and you're never too old to surrender to Jesus. Maestro was given an opportunity to meet Jesus because an inexperienced team from New England jumped on a plane. And I don't care if that's the only fruit that came out of that trip. Eleven of us went down there so that Maestro would have an experience with his master, Jesus the Christ. And this morning, that access is available to you. You can be in the biggest of spaces, amazing churches like this, or the smallest church in America where I found my wife. It doesn't matter where you are. Jesus wants a relationship with you. There is a design for your life. Say yes to it. Your life will never be the same. Could you stand up all across this place? And even to our online viewers, as, as you soak in what's happening in this moment, there is a moment that we're going to make a decision now. And, and this is not just for the people who are quote-unquote far from God. This is for anybody who wants to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior or rededicate their heart to Christ. This moment. This moment that you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart, this can change everything. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if this spoke to you in any way and you just want to say yes to the plan of God and and you're asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, you're ready to take that next step into faith. Not faith in a church or faith in a religious figure, but faith in Jesus. If that's you and you feel that in your spirit, could you just lift up one hand in this place, in this sanctuary? Hallelujah. I see your hand in your hand. Praise God. To my left and to my right. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. You can put those hands down. What a courageous move that you just made. Lifting your hand, everything changes. And and now as a church, we want to come around you and we're going to pray. And there's not a magic in prayer, but there is a miracle when we confess earnestly that Jesus Christ is Lord. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, could you just repeat after me saying, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I pray right now that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would be the Lord of my life. Not my will, but yours be done. I will trust the master plan in Jesus' name. And all God's church said amen. 
Come on, can we celebrate those who gave their life to Jesus this morning or rededicated their life to Christ? Man, it doesn't get any better than this. We live for this moment. It's the life-giving moment where dead things come back to life. And God proves who he has always been, the master and sustainer of all things. I love you, Connect Church. God bless you, and have a blessed week. I love you.